This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include Apple rolled out a bunch of operating system updates, and we'll have some tips and advice on how to prepare your device for the upgrade. Plus, which older operating systems will still be getting security updates? And why is the Safari for the Mac update separate from the Mac OS? According to some recent research, Apple's private relay feature may have some security flaws. And malware makers are always developing new scams. We'll tell you about some of their new tricks and what you can look out for. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing fine. Are you counting down the days? <laughs> the days until we get our new iPhones. I've got two more days as of when we're recording because they should arrive on Friday. Yes, I'm picking mine up at an Apple store on Friday. Along with a new Apple Watch, and I must say, I told you last episode that I was getting the Apple Watch Ultra, and I did order it, but after taking a day or two looking at videos of people wearing it in the hands-on test at the Apple event, I said, you know what, that's kind of big. So I canceled it, and I ordered an Apple Watch Series 8, and I'm going to the Apple Store to pick it up, so I'll be able to try on the Apple Watch Ultra and see how big it is, and see if my choice was good or not. Well, last week, I did not know yet what iPhone model I was going to end up getting. I did order an iPhone 14 Pro, and of course, like I mentioned, I was going to have to get one for my wife, too. She actually ordered the Pro Max, so... Ah, uh, good. Okay. <laughs> so we've got two iPhones coming on Friday. Well, I'm getting the Max, and I think I mentioned last week it's because I can't read a lot of stuff on my iPhone without reading glasses, so I don't want to have to carry reading glasses around with me. And I've had Max iPhones a couple of times, so I don't mind going back to see how it is. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. And that's life. I have seen other people's Max sized phones, but this is the first time we'll actually own one and have one in our household. So I'll get to play with it a little bit. Hopefully I won't uh, get in trouble for spending too much time on my wife's phone, but I do want to kind of try it out though and see how I like the way that it feels, that kind of thing, because I haven't really spent much time with a max size iPhone, so it'll be nice to see that. So I had an 8 Plus and then I had an XS Max, and with the 13 Pro, it's about the same screen size as those those older phones because, you know, they changed the, the, the quote edge to edge display and everything. So I was thinking, well, I've got almost the same screen size and a much smaller form factor. Now I've got that larger form factor is going to be so much more displayed than there was on the ones I had before. Right. Of course, because we're getting these new iPhones this week, Apple naturally had to release iOS 16 this week as well. Of course. And so on Monday, we got not only iOS 16, but we also got watchOS 9. Both of those major new operating systems came out, as well as tvOS 16. But, you know, there's not a whole lot new about that. iOS 16 and watchOS 9, we, ha we actually have an article on the Intico Mac Security blog 
If you haven't installed those operating systems yet, how you can prepare your devices. We recommend, of course, backing up your iPhone before upgrading it. And in order to install the latest watchOS version, you actually have to have a current version of iOS. I think in this case, you can have iOS 15.7 installed. We'll talk about 15.7 in a minute. But in order to upgrade to the latest watchOS, you do need to have a current version of iOS installed first. I remember a long time ago in 2021, Apple said you could stay on iOS 14 and get security updates. And as we've discussed before, that you got security updates for 36 days. Now they're saying you can stay on 15.7 and get security updates. So I'm guessing, like you say, you could probably get watchOS 9 on iOS 15.7. I think so. Yeah, I haven't tested that, but I, I believe that's the case. So we got to talk about 15.7 as well as the other... Yes, about these security updates that you're supposed to get for a year on last year's operating system. What's, what gives here? Okay, so Apple did specifically say in a public address... I believe it was at WWDC 2021 that Apple actually said iOS 14 is going to continue to get security updates for a period of time. They announced that. A period of time. A period of time and technically 30 undefined. <laughs> technically 36 days is a period of time. Yeah, so is 5 minutes, but yeah. Right. Uh, however, Apple did still continue to say that in at least two places on their website up until the very day that iOS 16 was released. So they continued to sort of, I don't want to say lie, <laughs> but kind of be providing some misinformation to their customers on their own website. They continued to say for a period of time, implying that there were still security updates for iOS 14 if you were staying behind. We know that wasn't the case. But maybe iOS 14 didn't need any more security updates because it was so secure. Yeah, no, that's not the case. <laughs> no, there, okay. There were okay. a number of vulnerabilities, including some some pretty serious ones, actively exploited type vulnerabilities that never got fixed for iOS 14 that did apply to that operating system. So this was a, a, a mistake on Apple's part to, to have made that claim and not actually done what they said they were going to do, or at least what the implication was of what they were going to do. So what about macOS? We got an update from Monterey, but we didn't get an update for Catalina. And with Ventura coming out, are we going to still get any more updates for Catalina? Or is that already considered to be too old to get updates? Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Apple did something kind of similar last year. macOS Monterey was not released at the same time as iOS 15. And yet Apple was already starting to treat macOS Big Sur as the N-1, as the, the previous version of macOS, even before macOS Monterey came out. Well, we're seeing a repeat of that this year. Already, Apple is starting to, to behave as though macOS Monterey is the N-1, because now they've dropped all security updates, evidently, for macOS Catalina. There were no updates for the operating system itself or for its version of Safari. The whole entire time that macOS Monterey has been out, Safari updates have been sort of bundled in to the Monterey updates. And then for Big Sur and Catalina, Safari was a separate update from the regular operating system security updates. And what Apple did this week was they actually made the Safari update available for Monterey and Big Sur. So it's separate from the operating system part of the updates for, for Monterey. So my theory on this is that they've done it for compatibility. The main difference in Safari 16 is the way tab groups work. 
you can now have tab groups in the sidebar and you can see individual tabs. So you can have tabs in the sidebar, vertical tabs like in Edge, something I've wanted for a long time. You can't get rid of the tabs at the top of the pages, but if you have a lot of tabs open, you don't really see them. Now, this is available on iPadOS 16 betas. I don't have a large iPhone now to know if it works if that iPhone is in portrait mode, if you get that same kind of display where the sidebar can display the tab bar. But I think this is for compatibility. I'm guessing on Friday when we get the new iPhone, we'll see that the Safari there also gives you access to the tab groups in the same way. Didn't they do this last year around the same time, a separate Safari to bring out compatibility? Because there were a whole bunch of new features with the start page and the tab groups and everything last year. Right, exactly. And I think this is one of the reasons why Apple is already starting to not support the, you know, that what is kind of has been the N minus two operating system. I think that kind of goes in line. Um, I, I think both of our theories are right, basically, is what I'm saying. Safari 16. Yes, it's not going it, to Safari 16 was never going to be made available for Catalina. It's it was always intended to be something that was only Big Sur and later, and of course included in the upcoming macOS Ventura, and only in iOS 16. So th this absolutely makes sense why Apple's doing this. It may be a little disappointing for those who are stuck with macOS Catalina and can't upgrade to a newer operating system, at least not without <laughs> unofficial methods. Right. Should we consider that Safari is its own operating system now if it's getting its own updates? You know, it's interesting that you mention that because, of course, there's Chrome OS, which is basically right. a browser. Which is all in the browser. And an operating yeah. system almost. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's almost to that degree. So you could almost say that. The only thing is you can't really get a device that only runs Safari, right? You, you can you can get a device that has Safari as a browser, but there's no device that just gives you Safari. Maybe we'll see that someday. I don't know. But there are certainly a lot of complexities of a browser. There's so many underlying components. Whenever there's security updates, inevitably WebKit is at least one of those updates. And WebKit is the main technology underpinning Safari. Okay. Now you mentioned that we have an article talking about preparing your devices for iOS 16 and watchOS 9. The first thing to know is whether you're compatible, but the most important thing is to make backups of your devices. Now, I just want to briefly mention my experience in recent years. You know that at times you can do this device to device transfer, right? Now, when I did it with my M2 MacBook Air from my M1 MacBook Air, it worked very well. But the last few times I've tried it with my iPhone, it hasn't worked. So what I recommend everyone doing, even if you're going to do that over the air transfer, back it up to your Mac first. You connect your phone, you go into the finder, you click on it, just like you used to do in iTunes. Keep it back up there because that's a full backup, which backs up more stuff than what gets backed up to iCloud. And if anything happens, you can always go back to that backup. Now, Josh wants to tell you, if you decide you want to go back to iOS 15.7, because he might want to do that, it's a good way to roll back to an older backup because you can never put a newer backup on an older version of iOS or iPadOS. Yeah, that's an important point. I do think that for the vast majority of people, it's fine to upgrade to iOS 16 right now. You're probably not going to experience any significant problems with iOS 16. It's still a good idea to back up first, just to be safe. However, again, iOS 16... So one of the things we didn't mention is 
comparing side by side the details of the security vulnerabilities that were patched in iOS 15.7 and iOS 16, Apple lists exactly the same vulnerabilities in both. But in the iOS 16 security release notes, they do specify that there are going to be additional details that will be added later. And so what this probably means, based on experience with all the previous operating systems that Apple's released, this most likely means that there's a whole bunch of things that are security improvements or even just bugs that are being fixed in iOS 16 that are not going to get fixed for iOS 15. So this is something that you should be aware of if you are debating about, should I stay on 15.7? Should I upgrade to 16? You're going to get better security on 16. However, as far as like actively exploited vulnerabilities, at least for now, you can be okay. You can be protected from those if you stay on 15.7. Does it matter that we don't know what vulnerabilities are patched other than the, the minutia of you with your spreadsheets comparing what's been patched for each <laughs> operating system? Is it really that important for us? The, the fact that they haven't disclosed it, does that mean that there's maybe more of a risk of a certain vulnerability? I would say that if you're still running iOS 15, you are more at risk. Assume that you're more at risk than if you were running iOS 16. Now, there are, you know, potential exceptions. There have been a couple of cases in the past where Apple has released a new operating system and accidentally added new vulnerabilities that are only applicable to the new operating system. Go to fail. If you Google that, you'll you'll find some information about that uh, past issue. I think that was with iOS 9 and whatever the Mac OS version was that was out at the time. And there have been a couple of cases like that where if you were running the newest operating system, you actually were introduced to a new vulnerability. But most of the time, you're going to be best protected if you're running the very latest, even as soon as it comes out. I generally recommend upgrading it uh, relatively quickly to the latest operating systems. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have some more news. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2022. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Monterey and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intego Mac Podcast listeners. Intego, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users. Made by the Mac security experts. Ding dong. Who's there? Uh, it's me. Hello. Can you see me on your ring doorbell? Oh, yeah. Hey, Kirk. How's it going? I'm doing really good. Yes, Josh has a ring doorbell and so do I. And I find it really practical because if I'm not home, 
I can talk to someone and if there's a delivery or the postman or something, or even if I'm in the garden on the side of the house, my watch notifies me that there's someone at the door. And this is really helpful. You may have seen on social media a number of videos from Ring Doorbells lately. Amazon is planning to do a TV show called Ring Nation, which is kind of like a candid camera of funny things that happen on Ring Doorbell videos. And I'm thinking like, this is like America's funniest surveillance videos or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly how they're billing this show. It's not exactly clear where you'll be able to find the show, but it's supposed to be coming later this month in a couple of weeks is when it's going to uh, premiere. And interestingly, it's not supposed to be on Amazon Prime Video. At least not at first. And it probably will show up there eventually again because, you know, Amazon owns Ring, they own Prime Video. It kind of makes sense that it would end up there. So there's a lot of interesting aspects to this. I've liked how they're using the word cute washing. Amazon is cute washing surveillance. Mm. There's they're sort of making it something just oh yeah, it's normal natural like there's cameras everywhere, they're recording you, but look at all the funny stuff we can find when we're doing that, <laughs> right? This is a little bit dystopian, a little bit maybe disconcerting. And if it doesn't feel a little bit concerning to you, maybe it should. And, and maybe that's a sign of like where we're heading as society. But Amazon apparently thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great TV show. After this was first announced, I think they kind of got a lot of backlash from blogs and media. And so Ring announced last week that the company is going to expand into an encryption for doorbell security. And I'm just kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, the thing is, by default, you get seven days of video storage with your Ring doorbell. You can pay for an additional plan that gives you 30 days and extra features. So Amazon is hosting this. So are they saying now that it's end-to-end -end encrypted and they can't read it when they're hosting it? Well, traditionally, what had been the case is that Ring's engineers and executives had highly privileged access to any live video camera feeds from customers' devices. Um, they could go back and look at, uh, at recorded videos and provide them, for example, to law enforcement upon request. Or, you know, a rogue employee could potentially just go and look at anybody's footage anytime they wanted to. So what this new into an encryption option, it is optional. What this feature is going to allow you to do is make it so that no one other than the camera's owner and any enrolled iOS or Android device that you have granted access to see this footage, only those devices will be able to see the footage. So Ring would be excluded if you turn on this feature. So Ring employees would not be able to, to see the contents of any videos that have been recorded by your cameras. Is this available right now? Because I'm looking in the Ring app on my phone and I don't see this option. Well, I, I just checked my device too, and I don't see any option for that. So I don't know exactly when this feature is supposed to be available, but supposedly this is something that is at least in the works. Okay. I like the Fast Company article that we're going to link to in the show notes where it is asking what could follow after a show like this. Perhaps an Amazon Prime series in which a Roomba teams up with Alexa to solve crimes, <laughs> or a sitcom about a Twitch celebrity with a day job at Whole Foods. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't know that Amazon owned Twitch. Oh, yeah. I don't really pay attention to Twitch. Yeah. So 
in any case, this is going to raise some hackles. Now, one of the things is there's a subreddit where people share funny ring videos. So this is probably Amazon's getting them through that, through sharing on TikTok and Facebook and whatever. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be happy to share them if they're funny because they want to be name checked on TV. But I wonder what the privacy implications are. I'm thinking if your camera's filming someone on a sidewalk, that's a public space. So you're allowed to. But if they're filming someone who comes up to your door, then they may not be allowed to. I mean, it's up to Amazon to know whether they need to get clearances from people who are in these videos or not. Well, and this is a good reminder to make sure that you read carefully the privacy policy of any device that you're going to be using, especially ones that record video or audio, right? So take a look at Ring's privacy policy and see whether you still agree with the things that you agreed to when you started using your Ring device. <laughs> okay. Academics find tiny crack in Apple's private relay. So private relay is not a VPN, but it's sort of a VPN. It can mask your IP address. And some academics have found some flaws, but it's still a beta. Yeah, it's not a VPN. It's a, it's it's a private relay, which is why <laughs> which is why they're calling it that. So essentially, it's supposed to protect the leakage of your IP address when you visit websites, for example. And what Apple says is supposed to happen is that whenever you connect to a website in Safari, when you have this private relay enabled, you are going you're bouncing through an Apple relay server and then going to another network that Apple has partnered with and then getting to the website from there. So Apple is saying we're making sure that that website can never know your IP address. And so some academic researchers recently did some testing of this and they found that in some cases the first server that you go to wasn't actually an Apple server. So it wasn't following Apple's documentation about how this process was supposed to work. Private Relay is in beta. And now that there's public knowledge about this flaw that uh, evidently was sometimes happening, Apple is aware of it and they can take action to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. And once they're out of beta, it won't happen again. Isn't Gmail still in beta? <laughs> Gmail is not still in beta. <laughs> I, I know there are, there are a lot of people who, who suspect that it might be just because it was rumored to still be in beta for a long period of time after Google finally dropped the beta moniker officially. So I came across an interesting web page a couple of days ago. I use a photo editing program called Capture One, and I was looking for Capture One styles. Styles are presets with different types of adjustments that you can use to make your photos look a specific way. And I came across, I've been going through three or four pages because I was looking for a very specific style that emulates Kodak's tri-expand film. If you're into black and white photography, you know why. It's like the archetypal black and white film. So I came across one that was Capture One Pro Styles Torrent. Now, I didn't want to torrent it. I was looking for something to buy. But I clicked the link anyway, and I got to a page that looked exactly like a Mac App Store page on the web, not on the Mac App Store, with the exception that the download link is this green box with the white characters and a white arrow, which is not the same Apple uses a view on Mac App Store or something like that. But the header was similar. The font was similar. It even had three 4.5 star reviews of people saying things like, Capture One Pro Styles Torrent is close to being perfect, but software is just so weird. The developer obviously spends a lot of time adding good features, but the this is not intuitive at all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these reviews look like they're real reviews and there's a version history. There's a what's new 
with the date of the last update. And obviously, I didn't click the link, but it's going to take you to malware. So what you need to know is that this is a scam that is not that unusual. I've never come across this before, but Josh, you said you've, you've seen this. If you see something like this and you don't see the right button view on Mac App Store, then it's a scam. But they could have put the right button and they could have tricked people just as well, right? Right, exactly. So this page that you mentioned doesn't look exactly like the App Store page that you would it's see in the browser. It's pretty close. But it's very close. If you're not looking at them side by side, you would have a hard time identifying the differences between the two. And that's the whole point, is they're trying to use the familiarity of a page that you might have already seen before and trick you into downloading software that is actually going to infect your computer. So this is kind of the new thing now. Instead of fake Flash Player updates, which were a thing for, I, I don't know, a very, very long time, like uh, well over a decade, I would say, maybe that was starting to become less successful as maybe our education campaign of trying to like get people to realize Flash is no longer a thing. You should not be installing Flash. Uh, you don't need to update Flash because it's not even installed in the first place. And maybe that was starting to be less effective. And so they're trying to find new methods of getting malware out there and tricking people into installing it. And so this is the new thing. And you're likely to, to come across something like this in the future, especially if you're doing something like searching for software. There's a very good chance that somewhere in some search engine, you're going to come across a link that actually goes to one of these fake app store pages. So be beware of this, be diligent, and make sure that you don't click on one of these download links. And you can never download an app from the Mac App Store on the web. When you click a link on an App Store page in a browser, it opens up the Mac App Store app, and that's where you can get the app. So if you do see a download after clicking a link on a page like this, go to your downloads folder and delete it immediately because it's definitely malicious. Right, right. The correct button will say view in Mac App Store and it will launch the App Store app and then you can download it from there through Apple's official store. Okay, cyber criminals are targeting games popular with kids to distribute malware. Is this surprising? This is in the register. And I'm thinking that, you know, there are so many kids who play games like Minecraft and Roblox and Call of Duty, et cetera, et cetera. Is it surprising that they're being targeted? Because they may have their own computers or tablets, but they may be using their parents' computers. And that's what the cyber criminals want. They don't care about the kids. They want to get into the parents' computers. Well, that's exactly right. And they probably think that maybe kids are more gullible. And maybe kids are using their parents' computers. Maybe, in fact, they're even targeting, in some cases, they, they seem to be targeting gamers who might be using things like cryptocurrency, right? Some of these pieces of malware are actually looking to see if they can steal in-game currency or other things like that. Some of them, the malware is very targeted to be able to do things like that, uh, to give whoever created that malware some advantage in their games. It's it, This is insane, right? This is crazy that this ecosystem even exists. So wait, you mean, you mean there's malware to like steal people's progress in games or get their power or gold coins or whatever? Yeah, because a lot of people, uh, you know, again, especially kids probably, are looking for ways to get, you know, an edge up on the competition, right? When you're in... Uh, you mean to cheat? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so when when you're playing online games, uh, you know, there's there's certainly a lot of 
players who go, oh, that person's definitely hacking, right? They're doing something to get themselves some benefit. And so they start to look, you know, what can I do to get the edge, right? What can I do to get some additional benefits? And so you might be tempted, especially Minecraft, by the way, is the most targeted of all. There are a lot of people who play Minecraft online games and and this is definitely one of those places uh, I know because my kids talk about this all the time uh, about hackers in Minecraft, right? And so Minecraft is the most targeted, but a lot of other games are being targeted as well. Roblox, which is in some ways kind of similar to Minecraft. There's a bunch of other games that might appeal to an older audience, including Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty. So there's malware out there. Is there malware specifically for Mac? This particular article talks about mostly Windows-specific malware, but it is something that we thought that our listeners should be aware of. You might have kids who are gaming on Windows. Even if they're gaming on a Mac, it's still a good idea to be aware of this kind of thing because, again, just like Kirk was talking about, there are pages out there that are trying to trick you into downloading and installing malware, even on the Mac. So just something to be aware of. And, and teach your kids about it, too, if they're playing video games online. It's usually the kids who teach the parents these days about things like this. <laughs> you said your kids have talked about it already. They know about this. And we're of the technological bent, but I know lots of other parents who don't know a lot about technology and whose kids know a lot more than them. So they're probably a lot more savvy than, than a lot of the parents. Yeah. And kids and teens listening to this show, hey, tell your parents, make sure that they know about these kind of things too. <laughs> All right. We're both looking forward to Friday getting our new gear and we'll be back next week to talk about it. So until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. <laughs>